Hello everyone, this is Eva Nolik-Smith with Yoga You Online and I'm very pleased to be here today with yoga therapist Olga Cable. Olga is educated as a yoga therapist in the Vini Yoga tradition, uh, but she is mostly known to the yoga community as the founder of SequenceWiz, a web-based yoga sequence builder that assists yoga teachers and yoga therapists in creating and organizing yoga practices. Olga is also the author of numerous very informational articles on how to make yoga practice safe and accessible to students of any age, physical ability, and medical history. And I especially like how you specialize in helping students get all the benefits of yoga in a safe way, whether it comes to relieving pains or manage stress and anxiety or whatever it is, you really have a wonderful way of making yoga present and accessible to, to everybody. So welcome, Olga. So great Thanks. to have you here today. Thank you, and thank you for a wonderful introduction. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to talk to you today about a different kind of posture. We usually talk about postures in asana and yoga, but there is also the posture that we have and walk around with every day, every moment of our life. And right now I was peeking at your website and you have a fair bit of articles on how we are facing as a society really an epidemic of posture problems. Could you talk about that and what you mean with that? Right, well, we don't need to go far, right? <laughs> go to any haircut place or any waiting place where people waiting their turn and something or checkout line at the grocery store and you will see everybody's looking at their phones, right? There's even a name for it now that's called an eye hunch, right? So basically, and it varies in the degree. Some people would just lean their head down to look at their phones and somebody, some other people will displace it completely. So it becomes almost like a turtle position. Mm -hmm. um, and the studies that have been done on that uh, tell us that the further forward you displace your head, the bigger load uh, you are asking the muscles of your neck to bear. So um, from that standpoint, our posture is not just about how we are perceived right by other people in our surroundings even though that's a contributing factor as well but also about um, how our bodies function in the day-to-day -day life how they feel from moment to moment right and uh, latest research also shows that the way you carry your body affects your mood uh, how you perceive yourself, how you perceive your life in general. So um, if you're walking with your head held high, you usually would be more inclined to have a more optimistic outlook on life. But if you're constantly slouching, looking down, then you're more likely to be more defensive and uh, um, just have a more pessimistic outlook. So our posture affects us on many different levels. and. Uh, um, in this course that I'm about to teach on Yoga You Online, uh, we will be talking about um, all the, the three main spinal curves that we have, how they relate to each other, 
um, how do we position them in our daily life and basically what kind of impacts it will have on our day-to-day -day functioning. Right. You mentioned that posture even impacts our emotional state. Um, why is that? What are the mechanics for that happening? Um, well, I think that maybe you have heard about the book called Presence by Emmy Cuddy. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce her name. And she presents a huge body of knowledge and um, different kinds of research that basically invest, um, investigates that how we present ourselves in our daily life and how we position ourselves impacts every level of our system. So um, I think it would be, um, it's too broad of a subject to um, just outline in a couple of sentences. And for those of you who are interested in that, I strongly recommend this book because it has some fascinating um, ideas. She even dives into subjects like uh, the, the posture of the superwoman, right? Why this <laughs> positioning your body um, in this posture of a superwoman can actually help you feel that way. Um, give you better sense of presence and courage and endurance in the face of adversity. So it's, it's pretty fascinating read. I would recommend. Yeah. 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 yeah it's really interesting because, um, you know, we know about the mind body connection uh, on a theoretical level that mind and body are not just even closely connected. They essentially are the same. And this is an example of where our structure really gets reflected through mm -hmm. all the koshas in a sense, that is not Absolutely. just the Anamaya kosha, but it gets reflected through the other bodies as well. And of course, on a very practical biomechanical level, you can say if you're hunched over with a forward head posture, your rib cage is depressed and breathing becomes more shallow, uh, which, already there, there is a mechanism whereby you can understand the link between moods and posture. Uh, but it is interesting that what, in essence, yoga theory or yoga philosophy has said for millennia that all the levels or layers of the body are connected is starting to get reflected in modern posture theory. Yeah, whatever we talk about uh, when we talk about yoga, right? Um, every yoga practice has its place in the Panchamaya model, right, in the Kosha's model. But then um, also mm, every part of our life, um, every emotion that we feel is also reflected through the entire Kosha model, right? Uh, when we are happy or excited, we adopt specific body positioning right when we're angry or upset we also adopt specific body positioning so there's also an interesting conversation to be had here is uh, which comes first right does it the body position come first and then emotion follows does emotion come first and then the body position follows right. and um, um, as we know in yoga, those levels are so intertwined, right. very connected, that sometimes it's really hard to say what's the yeah. chicken and what's the egg, right? right? But they're definitely intimately, intimately linked. Yeah. And then, of course, as they say in Kundalini Yoga, 
Um, if you don't have the posture of the superwoman, you can always fake it until you make it, right? <laughs> so you can, with the intention, also begin to, to shift things. Well, since you mentioned Kundalini, too, this is fundamental as well, right? In Kundalini, they talk a lot about the energy moving up along the spine. And for that to happen, the spinal curves need to be properly aligned, stacked on top of each other, right? Mm -hmm. Otherwise, this uh, kinking of the hose effect that's happening, so to speak, you know, when you step on the garden hose and the water stops flowing. So theoretically, it happens the same with energy flowing along the spine. If the the pathway of the energy is kinked, so to speak, then the energy doesn't travel as easily along yeah. the spine. And we know that a lot of yoga is about energy movement, directing energy in certain areas and um, allowing for unimpeded energy flow through the, um, through the channels. So energetic work is huge. It's a huge part yeah. uh, of the tradition. And of course, it impacts our sympathetic parasympathetic system as well, the fight or flight and the rest and digest, right? So um, there's a lot of <laughs> elements here um, that go into play. Right, right. Yeah, that's a beautiful point. And I, I think, um, you know, the focus on having a good posture and improving posture, it's so relevant really no matter what stage of life you are at. It used to be that, you know, you're older and your posture starts to deteriorate and people are concerned about preventing dowager's hump. But in today's culture, it's our constant focus, as you said, on, you know, texting and tablets. Um, and, you know, the epidemic of forward head posture really is very relevant to, I would say, like 95% of people in today's society and of course, the question that everyone will have who practice yoga then is, can yoga help? And I think if you have been to a yoga conference uh, where there's a lot of longer term yoga practitioners, you can sort of at least anecdotally say, well, it does seem to be that for the most part, people who practice yoga for a long time have on average a better posture. So what are your thoughts on that? Can yoga help improve posture or preserve posture as we get older? Absolutely. The interesting thing that um, I agree with you that generally speaking, um, anecdotally speaking, um, I would say that yoga teachers and long-term yoga practitioners tend to carry their bodies differently, right? And I would argue that it has a lot to do with their body awareness and um, how they know where their body is in space. Um, interestingly enough, though, I would say that um, what I observe both in yoga practitioners and gymnasts and former um, dancers and um, is more tendency toward a military posture where it's almost leaning back, lifting of the chest and flattening of the thoracic curve. Mm -hmm. uh, it also depends, you know, of um, how you practice your poses, how many back bends you're doing on average and things like that. So um, which the military posture, so to speak, is not necessarily the best positioning for your body 
either. So it's how do we find that balance between collapsing forward, the rounding of the upper back, the displacement of the head, and trying to counteract that, and sometimes overcorrecting by lifting the chest up, flattening the upper back that can create tension in the upper back and the back of the neck. So how do we find that golden middle? Um, because oftentimes overcorrecting um, is not really the way to go, right? When we begin to start to rearrange different body parts in relation to each other without having um, a clear vision of what that perfect posture is for us, for each individual practitioner. So we might end up overcorrecting or creating additional tension and things like that. So that's why um, when I talk about posture, I usually do not advocate self-correcting, so to speak, but using a different approach um, to create that better alignment between the spinal curves. And that's axial extension poses. Mm. So, would you like us to talk a little bit more about that? <laughs> I think that would be good. <laughs> <laughs> so, when we talk about the movement of the spine, in the Vinyoga Yoga tradition, we talk about five different directional movements of the spine. So, the first four are pretty obvious, right? Uh, forward bending, flexion, and then back bending, extension. Then there's rotation. And which is twists, right? And then lateral flexion, which is side bending. So in the yoga, we also add what we call axial extension. So lengthening, elongation along the axis of the spine. And uh, there are many yoga poses that, um, where this is the primary purpose of the pose, right? Um, some of those might surprise you, for example, downward facing dog. From the Vinyoga Yoga perspective, this is not a forward bend because our goal here is not to stretch the lower back so much. There is some stretching of the hamstring that's happening and such. But the primary intention here is to actually create length, create length along the spine. Mm -hmm. Same with plank pose um, and things like that. So um, axial extension poses are very, very interesting poses because when we lengthen upwards, it is not our intention to flatten the spine, right? Not to pull the curves of the spine toward one line. Um, but our goal instead is to integrate the spinal curves without strain and kind of lift, almost lift the vertebrae off of each other vertically to create space between vertebrae. Did you know that every morning you wake up a little bit taller than you were when you went to bed? Right. Because gravity, right? Yes. Throughout the day, gravity is pulling down on us. And um, many older students tell me that as they age, they get shorter, right? A lot of factors contribute to that. Dehydration of the intervertebral discs mm -hmm. plays a role. Change in posture plays a role. But generally speaking, we all live within gravitational field and we have to deal with it <laughs> on a daily basis. So what can we do to kind of um, counteract that a little bit? And of course, resting horizontally is one obvious thing when we sleep, but also in the, um, in the course of our yoga practice, we can create that elongation um, along the spine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
And I think for many people, that's probably easier said than done. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, yes. Another aspect of working with posture is um, creating strength in the muscles that support your spine so that it actually becomes easier for you to support yourself and your body doesn't have to work as hard. Mm -hmm. So you do that not just by doing axle extension poses, but you do uh, forward bends and you do back bends, twists and lateral bends, all for the purpose of creating that structural support. Mm -hmm. And in fact, um, uh, in the yoga tradition, uh, Mahamudra pose is considered a quintessential yoga asana because it is said it's an exhale extension pose but it also combines the elements of a forward bend of a back bend of a lateral bend and a twist all in one pose remind so, me which pose that is uh mahamudra it's uh, like janashurshasana when right. you bend forward in a seated position with one knee out and yeah. then you hold on to your foot and then you lift up creating uh, elongation pulling the chest away oh interesting from the leg. right mm -hmm. right um, and if you analyze and look at it closely you will see each one of those elements it's a forward bend but not quite it's a back bend but not quite it's a twist but not quite side bend but not quite but it's actually an axial extension posture right. so um and that's why in the yoga practice that I will be teaching for um, Yoga You webinar, we will be investigating uh, Mahamudra, the, uh, this quintessential yoga asana, and spend time preparing for it using other directional movements of the spine mm -hmm. to create that support for spinal elongation. Mm, yeah, that's beautiful. There must be an element of core engagement also, right? Because when you think about actual extension, it's almost like a toothpaste effect that you squeeze and then lengthen. So it's like almost like an eccentric contraction of the core muscles. Toothpaste effect. I never heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> Just the way it feels. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. So are you saying that the core engagement is like the squeezing of the toothpaste then? Right. <laughs> I'm on board with that analogy. <laughs> so definitely creating support. And I talk about the corset, right? The idea that to create core support, we need to uh, hug the waist in, so to speak, from the front sides and back to create that corset support all around the torso. Um, a big part of that also, since we're talking about posture, is uh, controlling the relationship of the pelvis, right? Yeah. For some of us, we tuck the pelvis under, for, which is much more common, we tip the pelvis forward and create an exaggerated curve in the lumbar spine. So all that is related to the posture, right, to how we align the, the spinal curves in relation to each other. Mm -hmm. um, so core support definitely helps us um, manage that relationship and create a better relationship between the pelvis and the spine uh, by creating this balanced muscular development, uh, engagement where things need to be engaged and releasing right. the tension where th things don't have to work so hard. Right. So um, core strength 
in itself is very important, but it's also essential for, uh, for better posture. Yeah, and I think actual extension, it's, you know, core engagement, but it's also intelligent core engagement. And there's um, a lift involved that is more than just hugging to the midline, uh, mm -hmm. which is not necessarily an easy action to learn or to teach. So um, what are your favorite go-to poses for actual extension for people who want to play with that? So in actual, actual extension, we usually separate in two larger categories. The first category includes the poses that I already mentioned, such as downward facing dog and plank and uh, bird dog, you know, when you're on the hands and knees and you extend one arm forward and one leg back. So those are the poses where you actually work and train yourself, both your body and your mind, to hug the waist in toward the center to create that core support. Mm -hmm. um, another category that's completely separate is actually all the seated poses, all seated meditation postures. So Sukhasana, like easy pose, and of course lotus, but also poses like hero pose, where the entire purpose of the pose is to create that axial extension, right? Yeah. We mentioned earlier for the energy to be able um, to enable the energy to flow freely along the spine. So these are the positions when we do our meditation, pranayama practices, right? Reflection, uh, all those things. So we need to be able to align ourselves properly in those positions. And sometimes it seems, for some people, it seems easy what you just sit there, right? But it's not so easy at all, especially if you sit there for 5, 10, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, right? So, um, in fact, you really need to spend, if you're planning to do a 30-minute meditation, you really need to spend some time preparing your body for it so that you're able to maintain that upright position without collapsing, without straining, um, and allowing that energy movement to happen. Yeah. So these are the yeah. main categories. Yeah, and it's, it's really interesting because... Um, I would say most of us have a tendency to hang on our body and you can kind of see the older people get, the more they just kind of hang on the body because the core muscles get weaker and the spine is sort of the only structure that holds you up. <laughs> and I think even when you practice those poses that you mentioned, downward dog or plank pose or even Sukhasana or hero's pose, um those ac actions of actual extension could actually completely be lost on you if you don't have a teacher who helps cue to help students find out how to find an action in the pose because it's not automatically there it is an action that people have to learn excellent point and even more so when we teach axial extension poses, we teach it slightly different depending on the spinal structure of the person. So somebody who has a more exaggerated thoracic curve will receive different instruction from somebody who has a more flattened thoracic curves because they need, um, uh, they need to encourage different um, positioning in their bodies. 
So that's another thing we'll be focusing on uh, in that 40-minute practice that will come uh, along with the webinar is what kind of movements and what kind of instructions can we use for people with different spinal shapes to help them get the most out of the pose because it's definitely not one size fit all sort of situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's beautiful. Um, so last question, you have made reference to uh, the course you will be teaching several times. Um, but give us some more details. We'll have two one-hour lectures with you and then, as you said, a 45-minute video practice. Mm -hmm. So um, tell us more about what you'll be covering. So in the first part of the course, in the first hour, we will talk about what the problems with posture, the issues with self-correcting the posture, right? And the better way, which is the actual, uh, the axial extension poses. And then we'll take a look and see what those poses are, which categories, uh, the categories that I just described, but exactly which poses fit into which category. And then uh, we'll talk about how to do those poses. Right, how to we'll, we'll, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> we'll talk about problems that can show up uh, when we teach students, right, and things that we can observe, release valves or alignment mistakes and how to troubleshoot them as well. We will also discuss how to um, teach the different cues that you can use when you're teaching axial extension poses for different spinal shapes so that uh, people could um, understand it a little bit better. There's a lot of subtle stuff going on there, just like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. So this will be the first part of the course. And then uh, the second part of the course will be uh, specifically focused around core strengthening. What core is, what, uh, what core muscles are there, what's their purpose, uh, to tuck or not to tuck, the tailbone under, <laughs> the pros and cons. <laughs> mm -hmm. Why do we need to strengthen the core in the first place? Which poses are best for that? Um, yeah. So, yeah, let's just say the core is not just about the six-pack. <laughs> That's a very limiting way of looking at it. Mm -hmm. So we'll investigate it in depth um, of what's involved and how it relates to posture and axial extension poses. And then, um, as I mentioned earlier, in that 45-minute practice um, that participants will receive as part of this whole package, um, you will be able to see um, basically me guiding a student through the practice, keeping all those ideas in mind um, we will do a number of axial extension poses. Uh, we will do a number of core strengthening poses. And all of that will be leading up to, um, to quintessential yoga asana, to the Maha Mudra. And then at the end, we will also um, investigate the kind of instructions we can give for axial extension um, elongation uh, for seated postures for, um, that we use for meditation. So we'll investigate the hero pose. Um, so I hope that it will be very useful and illustrate all the points that we'll be talking about in theory during those two hours, and then we'll illustrate them in practice in this 40-minute yes. exploration.
Yeah, and it sounds like a, a very practical course with a lot of so. yeah. practical applications. Definitely. Well, Olga, thank you so much. It sounds like a wonderful course and we're very much looking forward to having you join us. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to teaching it. Take care. Bye-bye.